De ster van de stad, altijd dichtbij. Maastricht. Zaki on tech today. You're listening to Student Radio Maastricht 107.5 FM. Thanks for the roll in. Uh, that was La Espero, the Esperanto anthem. Although I don't know if Esperanto is a country. But, anyways, that's what we were listening to to begin the episode on linguistic discrimination. Um, do you want to say good evening in your own language? Um, oh, which one? <laughs> anyone, anyone, just pick one. Uh, yeah. Boa noite, todo mundo. Right. <laughs> so yeah, um, we are we are we are, are going to discuss. Uh, I think a pretty age-old topic, really, about linguistic discrimination. Um, the main motivation here being, yeah, should it should it should it really be a point of discussion, or should it should we have a different look at it? Should it be a political point, or is it a, a tool for communication? But maybe we can start a little bit with the with the history of linguistic discrimination. I mean, we are uh, quite familiar with terms like anti-Semitism, which, uh, which if you if you if you remember is is a um, discrimination against a language, um, well, an entire family of language in the Middle East. Um, so yeah, um, I don't know. I don't know what are your what are your, do you have any ex- any any positive experiences actually about linguistic discrimination? I can I can mention one uh, on the fly when I was in the Indian Embassy in Den Haag getting some paper. I well I was quite fortunate that the person. I was talking to was from the same region as me in the south, south of India, where they speak a particular uh, where, they, where they speak a certain language, which is, um, I think, my mother tongue. I'm not sure, but I'm from the state, and that's what she thought as well. And I got my work done uh, quite quickly. Have you have you got uh, any similar experiences or mm, positive negative? Mm, no, I actually have all pretty bad experiences in this sense. <laughs> Or like, I mean, okay, not like drastic bad, but I feel like language was always a big thing for me because 
uh, well, I'm Italian Brazilian and I grew up in Italy, but the first language I learned was Portuguese, then English, and then last actually Italian. Wow. But like somehow, yeah, when I was in Italy, even though I did, I don't really have an accent because I was like three years old when I started speaking Italian. Uh, but still, I have a slightly different cadence or something. So people were always like, oh, you know, where are you from? Or trying to place me somewhere because I have a kind of neutral accent. And that was like suspicious or, or sorts. Or when I go to Brazil, it's the other way around, you know, right, <laughs> it's the right. same. No, so it's so, like, yeah, yeah. Uh, like uh, linguistics already has then, um, let's say one one foot in, in location somehow, like it tries to pinpoint a location, which I also find, I don't know if it's even necessary, but yeah, that's that's good to know. Yeah. Um, yeah. The other thing was indeed like I've I've heard things like if you are in a certain place, you need to speak that language, and I'm like that would be fantastic, wouldn't it? <laughs> if, if only if that could happen. Yeah, uh, it's not it's not as easy as it as they make it seem. That's for sure. Yeah. If only administrative borders would actually align with linguistic borders, but that's not the reality that we live in. Also, very good yeah. point. I would yeah, say, for yeah. sure. Yeah, no, I think these are, these are some of the issues. I think we will we will definitely touch upon uh, in today's uh, discussion. Also, if you if you look <laughs> look at look at colonial past, I really wonder how many how many colonial powers learned the local language. Uh, because I, I don't know, as far as I remember, that that never happened. Uh, no, but I think, <laughs> yeah, I think that's a big part of, of uh, colonialism, right? Like it's imposing your own uh, your culture and uh, and language, yeah. among other things. And I think language is a really important way of doing that, you know? Yeah. Because yeah, when you impose your language, then you really have you really it's it's a really big power power dynamic, you know. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, in a historic context, coming from India, where uh, this this could have been similar in in Europe as well, but I'm not an expert, and it's it was a bit hard for me to to find uh, too much a lot of information on this topic. But what I'm driving towards is um, the at one point, like I think eons ago, early centuries ago, when the dominant language was Sanskrit, it was also let's say a very protected language. This was a language of education, probably like Latin, um, but then. Can you imagine if, if if that was the only language of education where that was the only way you could learn about, say, food and medicine, uh, certain very important things in life, and then say you're excluded from that linguistic group, what what chance have you got then? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. no. So I think that, that that's so. These are some of the points uh, I think we would like to talk about in today's uh, episode. Um, do you know of any any dead languages? I think we just heard one. <laughs> uh, no, Esperanto un is not. Esperanto is not is not a dead language. It's uh, it's actually quite modern uh, language because I'm not sure who invented it. Must I think it was some European. Person. Actually, it was uh, <laughs> it was the person who wrote the anthem as well, L. L. Zamenhof. Uh, he also wrote an anthem for it. There you go. So yeah, <laughs> so it was invented by one guy, and it was uh, just uh, put together with a lot of languages. So I think the intention is nice, you know, trying to unify a lot of languages. But the result didn't really happen. Like I think he wanted it to be like the new lingua franca, you know, like I don't know, Latin or English or whatever you want to compare it to, uh, Spanish. I don't know, mm -hmm. like one of these languages that is like widely spoken. But it, I think it never really uh, caught on as much as uh, he wanted it to. Mm -hmm. But I think it's a nice uh, nice try, you know. And I, I think I associate it a lot with intellectuals, like only really nerdy people speak uh, Esperanto. <laughs> Do you speak Esperanto, know. Leon? 
I did try a bit the, on Duolingo, go. but there no. you go. Case and point. <laughs> okay. Oh okay. man. Oh, by the way, now that now that we were talking about dead languages, the reason I brought up brought this up is because during during preparation for the for the episode i found out that there's a distinction between a dead language and a language that's extinct and a dead language i found it defined as when the last native speaker we'll come to that point later when the last native speaker um dies and uh coincidentally the last native speaker well the, the latest dead language according to that definition happened in december 2020 when uh someone called kenneth patterson died in north carolina who spoke who spoke Tuscarora from the Iroquian language family, um, but yeah, I think it was just a um, just a side note. Um, yeah, yeah, I think it's a very interesting conversation. Yeah. I'm, I'm I'm looking forward to this. Yeah, and this does not, of course, exclude um, discrimination based on accent. Oh yeah, uh, something that maybe uh, Zaki could talk a little bit about about the American Afri- African American vernacular English. Oh yeah, I can definitely talk about this. I mean, well, so um, so. I grew up speaking uh, two dialects of English, um, one being standard American English, the other one being Afro-American vernacular English, um, which, yeah, they're, of course, very, very, very similar languages, but there's you know, very minute differences. There's some subtle subtle differences. Um, there's, like, there's one grammatical thing that, ha- that exists in Afro-American English that does not exist in standard American English. Um, um, for example, they're called... so. One example would be the habitual be, um, which, so, so, okay. So the way I'll explain this is that one point they did a study um, where they showed two pic- showed pictures of, of Elmo from Sesame Street eating a cookie and a picture of Cookie Monster not doing anything, it was just there. Um, and they showed it to a group of black kids and they showed it to a, white, a group of white kids. Um, and so if you ask the white kids who is eating cookies, and who be eating cookies? They're going to point to. They're both going to point to Elmo. If you point to, if you ask the black children who is eating cookies, they're going to point to Elmo, who is obviously eating cookie in the photo. But if you ask them who be eating cookies, they point to Cookie Monster because when because in because what the habitually what the habitual bee does, it points out some it points out like a habitual thing, something that someone does does fairly often on a regular basis. You know, I'm I am not playing viola right now but i'd be playing viola and that's what it, that's something that exists only in african-american english not in standard american english and yeah it's very it's it's yeah it's just interesting that's that's beautiful yeah thank you so much yes, that's precisely where i was um, what i was hinting to us it was the habitual be uh, the other thing I, I was curious about is have any of you like misjudged a gender of a person by their voice like it's happened to me i misjudged my friend's mom I, I thought it was uh, my friend's brother, <laughs> and she corrected me. Oh. Uh, but I was luckily quite young, so she well, didn't I th- care. <laughs> I think that I mean I think that gender is often transmitted through voice. Um, and as a matter of fact, there's actually a documentary that used to be on Netflix called "Do I Sound Gay," which um, kind of analyzes what is what people think of as sort of the gay aspect, the gay accent. Which I mean, I'm gay. I'm not sure if I have the gay accent. Y'all can tell me. But you know. Uh, it, it there are there are certain things the way we would, there are certain ways in which the way that we speak uh, is gendered and so I think most people are going to misjudge at least one person's gender in their lifetime based on their voice. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, 
that's uh, I, I hate talking uh, to people when I can't see their face. <laughs> I don't know. In general, it's just unsettling. So I don't know. I try when I'm talking to a person that I can't see. I just don't assume anything. <laughs> Not even that I'm correctly understanding them, you know, because I'm just like, okay, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, you miss a lot of information. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's, so. yeah, it's quite, yeah, as a trans person following, this is yeah. quite interesting because it never came up to me as something to take note of yeah. at all, like people's uh, gender who I'm talking to, really. I guess it's, well, I'm binary, so it's kind of a distancing myself from the concept of gender altogether. So it's interesting to see if... Uh, I, think, I think that's At least, that's, that's at least a the question of... <laughs> Yeah. misjudging people's gender like more of the you judge other people's genders based on their voices that's my general confusion about the topic yeah, yeah. i think i don't, i think that a lot of times i don't know i mean it's really interesting particularly when you think about our previous discussion but i think it's a lot of the ways that we as people we identify our each other and we the way we group each other is based on gender and so we always and our minds we like to group things we like categories and boxes and so because of that it just yeah it we we automatically want to know as much about someone so we can know what and how to categorize them you know how do we rank ourselves relative to them um, yeah maybe maybe judging is not the right term to use but i don't know how else to put it but it's time to go to music. Boop, boop. Just so y'all know. Um, so yeah, our song, um, it's Corner Shop featuring Celeste uh, with Nonstop Radio. Hope y'all enjoy.
Shop with the song uh, Nonstop Radio featuring Celeste and I love the name of the album Urban Turban you're listening to Student Radio Maastricht in the studio here is um, Helena Hello uh, Leon Hoi Zaki Hoi Hoi on tech and uh, Sham um, we are talking about linguistic discrimination and as, as a very broad topic not necessarily from a political point of view but well uh, we we cannot eliminate that so one of the one of the things i heard recently was during the floods when the king of netherlands was visiting falkenberg someone talked to him in dialect and he replied in english hmm. um and speaking about about dutch or like any any of any any modern languages like a lot of them have this thing called standardization so there are like i don't even know i can't even imagine what this where this happens but there is i don't know like a secret office somewhere where they where they determine what what is part of standard dutch and in fact i recently learned that the name for standard dutch or abn is algemeen beschaft nederlands where beschaft stands for civilized which okay which interesting I, yeah which which raises, which raises a lot of questions because let's face it, a lot of people do not speak abn what does that mean are mm. they are they barbaric are they yeah. do we need to be I mean, to me, Arm. what this sounds a lot like is the discuss. It sounds to me it very much mirrors the discussion around AAVE in the United States because people generally assume that if you're only speaking AAVE, you will be dumb. And this actually came up um, quite. Uh, this came up in the um, Trayvon Martin, not Trayvon Martin. No, it was Trayvon Martin. Yes, um, the court case because um, what uh, I think was his, his friend. I think her name was Rachel Gentile, who was also from there and spoke um, a dialect of English that's kind of really, it has some Creole some Creole elements. And people often were disc- were discounting her um, her 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 testimony on the witness stand because of the way she sounded based on her voice. And it's just I don't think. I don't understand why people try to tie dialects or how you speak the language to intelligence because I mean as long as long as you understand the concept you're you you know it you know ling- it, it's one of those things that actually kind of gets me really heated because I just hate when people just assume that someone is dumb based on how they speak. Yeah. Mm. 100%. I think I think yeah language is also to me um yeah oddly enough represent more like also emotion somehow like when i listen to certain languages it just sound funny which is which can be good because like i i remember this one time in in a pub in maastricht where an irish guy was pretty pissed off at some other and another another person in the in the pub and one point we were in a really small room and one point the irish guy said i'm going to kick you all so hard you're going to puke come and like and everyone just laughed you know so that <laughs> that basically him being pissed off didn't really effectuate into a fight so i uh, it um, the, the perception of languages could do could do wonders sometimes um but there's also there are also pitfalls right like um like sometimes like i said uh some some people won't be taken very seriously or some accents won't be 
admitted seriously in say in a court for example yeah um speaking about court uh this might be interesting that for you to know that the legal language in india is is english uh and i think i think they they, they had a long argument during during independence as to what the what the national languages should be and because hindi is not spoken widely it's just spoken like a certain percentage of the country uh, whereas the south almost no one speaks it and then there was a lot of anti hindi sentiments and so on um and i think <laughs> they they just compromised saying okay let's just choose that one foreign language that no one speaks and stick to that uh to kill the argument but of course that has dire consequences when it comes to say consent i mean think about it, no i mean let, let, if i think about the number of contracts i've signed in a language that i don't fully understand i i don't know to who have i sold my soul i mean heck uh, nowadays on in in the in the age of internet i don't know how how often do we press the okay button for consent on online and there even even knowing the language doesn't help so yeah there are there are a lot of lot of nuances i think that that come out of this discussion one of the things i can mention was that i was looking for a job i've been looking for a job for a while uh and i saw a a job for a greek company in the netherlands guess in which language english it was in greek oh <laughs> i'm like i don't know <laughs> and then and then i thought hey should i apply to this to this job in hindi yeah um, <laughs> i don't know i don't know how good an idea that would be or how successful that would be but it's <laughs> about time to go to our next song though which is um from uh hip hop india india rap ciphers volume 2 part 1 yeah i hope y'all enjoy this i'm certainly excited for this i've never heard indian hip hop before in Mumbai let him know Tony yeah yeah you are right now in Dharai man and this is Dopa Delic Tony Psycho and this yeah. is my hood this is my people represent man represent <laughs> yeah. all right all right yeah. Dopa Delic Tony Psycho you and Dharai enemy dogs enemy troops yeah yeah check this out ஒரு <laughs> நீ ஜீ <laughs> 
मिली मुझे तरक्की जब लिखा सड़क कलम और दुनिया में दिखता नहीं फर्क भी मैं अलग ही सोच लेके जीता अपनी जिंदगी तक शायद सुनना चाहता अब ना सहना गंदगी पैसों के नशे में दुनिया सारी भंड थी क्या फायदा उस चीज का जो होने वाला फंड अभी कर्म करता जाता और नकलियों का डर नहीं फंड इस बीट में दुनिया की फिक्र नहीं मैं करता दिल साइलेंसी दवार पर फिक्र नहीं कान तेरे फड़फड़ाते सुन के मेरा ठीक है बार बार बात करता स्किल मेरी हर गली नहीं वही जो ना कभी देता तुझे पकबी करते हम सना मिले कहीं कलाकारी अपनी जारी इसमें कोई नशा नहीं जो करना चाहे कोटी अपने जाल में फंसा वही वाइफ से ही लूंगा तेरे लिए है सजा यही मर <laughs> हाथ खाली और सब जिम्मेदारी चाहे जो कर क्योंकि जिंदगी अवारी अतरंगी अपने आप से लड़ा हूँ तब जाके मैं तेरे आगे खड़ा हुआ जा तोड़ ले हर लकीर के उपार में शब्द तांडव यही मेरा काम या रक्त ही चरित्र है इंसानियत भविष्य है मेरे बात है पर लोग पर काम सर्व जाने की जो धार वैसे ही मेरा कार्य है कलम मेरी पवित्र है शब्दों की चाल जिसे कहते गीत है दिशाए अनेक बस एक है ऊपर जो ले जाए वही तेरा मीत है पूर्वजों की बात है विश्वास में ही साथ है संभाल अपने आप को या सब विश्वास बात है अंदर की बात कहा जब तुझ में औकात है कसले तू मुट्टी उतर जा मैदान में अरे डर मत जामूर ऊपर वाला तेरा साथ है Thank you very much Zaki you're still listening to Student Radio Maastricht at 107.5 FM that was Derpa Dalex where uh, that that's actually the production team um that was originally started by Tony Sebastian and Rajesh Radhakrishnan if i remember correctly in Bombay and they're actually from uh Dharavi which is the hood in fact this is an interesting location because it's known globally as one of the world's largest slum although there 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 have been uh, urban studies one of my ex uh, was there 
uh, for urban studies and one of the things they were studying were is there a difference between this organically developed slum versus rest of the so-called planned city uh, but anyways uh, coming back to the topic of linguistic discrimination um, yeah I would like to um, yeah go yeah indeed we, we were talking about linguistic discrimination and um, co- continuing a bit about the kind of contracts we sign so very often we, we note in in corporate disclaimers where they talk about like how they how the company doesn't discriminate based on say race color religion or gender age etc 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 but they never they never talk about uh, linguistic uh, discrimination although very often it's a it's a hard requirement this is something I learned when I came to Europe after uh, taking TOEFL that is test of English as a foreign language um, to, to study in Europe and hmm. yeah well <laughs> it's it's a bit confusing I mean had I been had I been going to France or Germany it's uh, or France or say Italy or, or Spain it's it's quite clear then I need to learn the the language there but in the Netherlands it's 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 a bit of a gray zone where yeah on one hand you need to take test of English as a foreign language and then you also need to learn Dutch and coming from India where I have already learned so many languages in different scripts um, I sometimes really wonder if what, what what are we doing I mean are we are we just spending a lot of time learning the same thing in a different language are we actually improving uh, our understanding because we know different language or is it more of a more of a wishful thinking um, yeah what are your thoughts on this uh, um, in, in, I know. this direction I mean me do, do you feel that there, there are too many languages sometimes is I don't that? feel that there are too many I think it's very actually I, I mean I always like hearing different languages different languages spoken around me and you know learning them you know um, like me in the United States I mean so I learned you know Standard American English, Afro-American English. Um, I learned American Sign Language from this website. I learned French in high school. Um, and then when I came here, I started learning Dutch. And like me, I, I, just, I just found it fun. I mean, like me, like most people, I find that like, I, I, I've, like coming here, I feel like, like whenever I came here and speak Dutch to someone, people are always surprised and always pleased. Like, oh, you speak Dutch really well. What is this coming? How, why, do you, why do you learn this language? And it's like, I feel like to me, it's because like, I feel like if I'm living somewhere, like if I'm moving to Italy, I would have to learn Italian. If I'm moving to France, I would have to learn French. So I'm moving to the Netherlands, I might as well learn Dutch. Not only just, not even if I don't necessarily need to use it in order to survive, but also, you know, I it it, it I I want to make a place here, which means I want to integrate into the community. And I feel like being able to speak with the people who are here, that is a really important thing. Yeah. That's just me, at least, though. I agree. I mean, I agree with what you said, Zaki, and also, I mean, I I uh, love uh, languages in general, and I think it's really interesting also to see, uh, like, the overlaps between different languages, you know, and, like, going back to, like, the origin of the words and stuff like that. So this is stuff I'm really interested in and that I would do uh, no matter what, I think, because I just find it interesting. Um, but also... I mean, obviously, for example, I think it's important, uh, I don't know, in this case, to like learn Dutch, you know, to to live here. And especially if you're going to work here, I would say, uh, because if you're living here as a student, maybe you, it's more temporary and stuff. And it's like, it's more for yourself. But if you want to integrate, then definitely uh, give learning Dutch a try. But also I've experienced uh, many times that 
I had to insist with people, please speak Dutch to me, uh, you know, because like I was trying to speak Dutch and as soon as I they saw I was uh, struggling, then they would just switch to English, you know, and it's like, don't you see I'm trying here, you know, probably my Dutch would be way better by now if they wouldn't have, uh, you know, kind of yeah, assumed yeah. that I speak bad Dutch and, you know, that they would rather not deal with my bad Dutch and just speak English to me, you know, or something like that. So, mm. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that's a good practical application. Uh, also, on a more theoretical scale, uh, since ca language is the main carrier of culture, right, passing it down, it's really important that we don't scale it down because of all the language really shapes your mindset and your way of thinking. And that's why globalization and the spread of English as the lingua franca really is concerning because to a certain extent I dream in English now it's not my mother tongue I want my Finnish back uh, this uh, monoculturalization and forcing English standards in English thoughts English conceptualizations of things around us is really just neocolonization in disguise completely agree um, completely agree there's, there's, there's another another thing I wanted to touch upon is like you know, when you, well, the other day I had a friend over and I made uh, a matar paneer, it's a common Indian dish, it's green peas with um, with cheese in it, or cottage cheese, cottage cheese. Um, except I told him I'm making paneer curry and turns out he's allergic to peas. Uh, another thing was like, um, yeah, the we, we call paneer or like grill kaze, like in German, and which is, uh, which is a cheese that you can put on the grill, it doesn't melt. And then there is queso, which is cheese. If you put it on the grill, it does melt. And the difference being grilled queso doesn't have lactose. So if you think about it, lactose the sugar, sugars melt, uh, like fructose, glucose, and so on. Uh, which means, uh, as a lactose intolerant person, I can have the grilled queso. The, the problem there is that uh, the linguistic bit doesn't make it clear sometimes. Do you reckon that could be a problem? As, as, like it's, it's like looking at a menu in a foreign country, right? Like it's, I mean, of course, now there are apps to to do instant translations and so on. <laughs> yeah, I think I think it's, it's it's it does make things difficult on a more on, a, on an accessibility level in terms of like how people refer to different things in different languages differently. But I don't think that's. I mean, because like, like if you speak that language, you're fine. If you don't speak that language, okay, you can you need to find someone to to be able to translate. And I think. I think it's just something that exists. I don't think it's something that is necessarily good or bad. I think it is just something that is. People will always have different meanings of different ways to say, to refer to the same thing. That's just a fact of life. I don't think there is a positive or a negative to it. It's really how you look, how you, how your relationship to it than any, more than anything else. Yeah, yeah I can't really standardize okay. conceptions without imposing moral standards of this is the right way of conceptualizing it and this is the wrong way of conceptualizing the thing. The same oh, thing. No. To, me, to me, I was more hinting towards uh, if you're trying to communicate a piece of information, would it be then important to communicate a vital part of the information rather than a more beautiful part of it or fancy part of it? Mm. You know what I mean? So if I'm I, saying, yeah. I mean, I suppose. I mean, I think, like, for example, in the example, in the example of grilled queso, I mean, the difference is that one has lactose, one you do not have lactose. But the but the difference is, but the difference, Indeed. the reason why they call it grilled queso versus queso yeah, is because, because one grill is it. grilled and one is not. It's right. about the purpose. Right. And right. Right. you could say that okay, you can have you can have it based in terms of the ingredients. This is a lactose-free cheese. This is the cheese that does have a lactose and therefore will melt. But yeah, that is a that is a difference in opinion as to which should be emphasized. But mm. 
I also want to say it's about time to go to our next song. Oh, wait, Elena, you can give your point. You look so disappointed. No, no, it's okay. I mean, I, I just wanted to say, uh, <laughs> now I forgot. Oh, no, I mean, that's one of the things that I think uh, is a bit disappointing about the English language, for example, is that it's so uh, simplistic in one sense, you know, like, for example, the thing that you put your bicycle on, it's a kickstand because you kick it and the bicycle stands on it, you know, or like the sidewalk because it's on the side and you walk on it, but you is, know? Is it, not, is it not common in a bunch of Germanic languages, though? I, I, like, don't, I don't know. I, I'm talking from a Latin language perspective here, oh, and I'm no, saying, like, between. the frills of a Latin language mm -hmm. are just uh, more poetic. From, you know, <laughs> from perspective, also agreeing. Yeah. There is a bit, bit, of, bit of romance, yeah. uh, definitely. So, I don't know. Yeah. It's like practicality versus beauty. Valid, Both the balance between the two always works. But we can go to the song now. Okay. Well, <laughs> well, I'm going to go to our next song now, if you don't mind. Yeah. Which is from my favorite musical, West Side Story, the song America. Hope you all enjoy. Puerto Rico, my heart's devotion. Let it sink back in the ocean. <laughs> Always the hurricanes blowing, always the population growing, and the money owing, and the sunlight streaming, and the natives steaming. I like the island Manhattan. I know you do. Shine shoes. Everywhere crime in America. Ha! Oh, 
organized crime in America. Terrible time in America. You forget I'm in America. <laughs> Yes, this is America from the classic, classic musical um, West Side Story, my favorite musical. Um, yeah, my, my high school actually did it when I was still there. I was the I was action. I was the only black jet. Um, if you don't know anything about West Side Story, uh, yeah, the, it's the jets versus the, scar, the sharks. The jets are the white people. The sharks are the are the immigrants from Puerto Rico. And I was a jet. I was the only black one. It was that fun though. So cool. It made it, I made it work, you know. Yeah. I, I I use that as a source of all of my anger. But anyways, back to the discussion. <laughs> Today we're talking about linguistic discrimination. Sham, you're kind of leading discussion, right? Thank you so much, Jackie. Yeah, that was a really nice song. Thank you very much. And indeed, there's uh, there's a really nice little statement there where where, where she sings, "I'll get a terrace apartment." Better uh, get rid of your accent. Better get rid of your accent. Indeed, uh, we are in the studio with uh, Zaki, Helena, and Leon uh, talking about linguistic discrimination and seeing if it is really about languages or is there are, are, are we are we hitting more nerves um, in this in this discussion one of the things that came up uh, in the very beginning of the show was a was a made-up language called Esperanto which uh, which sort of reminds me of certain other like I don't know if the made-up language but more like a, a jargon where that's used in say in, in, in the legal industry or in the uh, in the financial sector if you can call it so because first of all, I don't know if there are any parallels to that in, say, Asian languages. Because um, by and large, as far as I know, almost all banking in Asia is done in English, and most legal stuff is also in uh, in English. What I was uh, saying earlier on about the legal language in India being in English. Um, so yes, uh, there is there is um, uh, there's a lot to unpack here in terms of. Um, sure, it's good to have a lot of languages. It's it, it adds to the beauty, it adds to the complexity. And one of my questions there would be, um, does having more language necessarily improve communication? Have, have you experienced, I mean, imagine, imagine if we were all talking in four different languages. Okay, so... Um, <laughs> it's maximized diversity. Oh, 
I, I okay, think we both you, have things to say, actually. Okay, yeah. I also have things to say. You can go first, though. No, you first. Ladies first. No, no, please, please. Come on. Okay, <laughs> Well, um, so my thoughts on this are, so, I mean, so, of course, you, in America, you learn English in school. And then when I was 13, I started learning French. And what I found was that when I started learning French, I understood how English worked a lot better, um, mm. which has to do with understanding meta-language, which is literally just how language works, part speech, grammar, things like this. And so I think that learning more languages does not necessarily give you necessarily necessarily give you more of an ability to communicate besides the fact that you're able to speak to more people but it does give you the help you be able to be more precise with your communication and how you put things across um that's my opinion at least i love yeah. it i think that yeah that's very true i hadn't thought about that uh, but what i thought about immediately when uh, shiami asked the question uh is the fact that Uh, it happened to me maybe sometimes when I was speaking English to another person who, uh, to whom, like, whose uh, uh, English is also a second language. Uh, and also, uh, maybe we couldn't find the word that we were looking for in English, but then I said it in another language that I speak, and maybe it was similar to the word in another language that the person spoke. So then we ended up understanding each other by th using a third and fourth language let's say that was not the current one so i think in that case it can it can help it can also make things more difficult because also i feel like sometimes words uh even though they have the same like meaning in the dictionary they have a different like cultural meaning so sometimes maybe even if we're both speaking english but we come from different uh backgrounds i will attribute a completely different uh meaning to to a word you know so I don't know. I mean, I guess it, it can help, but it can also make it more and more yeah. complicated. I don't know. I can definitely, I can definitely identify with words. Oh, but I'm sorry to cut you off. But I can, I can definitely identify with words having different meanings because, as an American, a biscuit means a lot different thing than a British than a biscuit does an American than a than a biscuit does to a British person. Uh, Leon. Yeah, I just wanted to bring up uh, that at least to me, different languages have different purposes, right? Like some that I don't know necessarily as well are used for travel communication, right? Like Swedish. If I go to Sweden or German, when I go to Germany, but at least uh, from conversations that I've had with people who speak English as a second language, it's really used to depersonalize the conversation around different uh, difficult topics. Like even in Finland, speaking to a native Finnish person, if it was about feelings, drama, or anything like that, it would it would be way more natural to speak in English because we don't generally access or address emotion at all in Finnish, and it just comes of Uh, crosses too many borders in Finnish, so we would switch to English English instead to work around that obstacle. Hmm. And I'm not sure if the romantic languages, Hele, you have experienced anything similar yeah, with I would professionality. Say, I mean, um, personally, I mean, I'm a, I'm a special case, I would say, in this uh, situation, but I would say in general, it's the opposite. Like, Italian is more emo emotionally charged than English. So I feel like then it would be the other way around. So if, I, but I doubt that Italians would actually switch to English to go through all that trouble to sound more uh, stable, <laughs> let's say. So I, I don't know. I don't think, yeah, they would go through that. But if anything, then I would say, yes, that's the, that there could be a difference. But for me personally, I don't know. I'm just, uh, I'm more used to speaking English by now. So I actually prefer, uh, even when I'm talking, I can explain my, my feelings, for example, more clearly in, in English than I can in Italian. I guess, yeah, if I would speak in Italian about my feelings, it would escalate way, way quicker <laughs> than 
uh, speaking <laughs> yeah, in English. It's, uh, way too much about yourself. Maybe, yeah, I don't know. Hmm, that's, that's a really interesting way of putting it. Uh, okay, well, hmm. while we think about this interesting topic, I wonder, it's not time to go to our next song, which is Weird Al Yankovic with Word Crimes. Everybody shut up. Gene Pool. 
you listen to student radio mastrick 107.5 fm we are still talking in one language um english hmm. about linguistic discrimination um and we are we are at the we are approaching the end of the show but there is one um one important topic i would like to like to address uh, at this point is um is 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 the understanding of like of the majority of the language is like because very often i hear things like hey everyone here speaks this language so you better change uh versus say evolution of a language let's say as a as an entity uh so if you look at look at history or linguistic evolution a lot of angu- languages have evolved a lot of languages have existed and a lot of them have died become extinct um i i sometimes this is my uh let's say opinion is that uh these languages just yeah they just happen they come and go uh for example i don't speak my mother tongue in my family app um there's at least three languages as far as i can see uh i can read one of them the other two i can't but i can tell the difference um so uh, but that doesn't i don't feel like i'm necessarily missing out on a lot because a lot of that is probably something i i don't really care about um <laughs> um so yeah uh what i what, i was wondering what are your thoughts on like should should languages be allowed to evolve or should we uh, should it be uh sh- sh- should should we have languages with certain intention even if it is good intentions uh because like like we saw with esperanto uh the intention was to have a global language uh, and we are a bit far from that and you also uh, leon mentioned about um about the purpose of a language what if the purpose is sinister what if the purpose is to exclude an entire linguistic group uh, yeah. yeah i think Please. I mean my response uh, to that before I hand it over to you Leon is just that um I think uh, basically yeah language will evolve whether we want it or not so the, that will happen and I think the Esperanto is a good example because that's showing that you were trying to inorganically introduce a language and that did not uh, catch on you know so like I think this is uh, the way that languages uh, work like the the languages we speak today would not exist if uh, you know other people would have been like okay this is not allowed you know so it's also like i don't know and it's it's just it's just going to happen you know there's no the there's, grammar police yeah there's also the thing you know like uh, keeping gatekeeping you know, let's say <laughs> because of uh, how people speak you know it's not going to lead us uh, anywhere and it's just going to uh, promote more power dynamics uh, of people who are like controlling uh, how the language evolves or not so i think Yeah, it's going to happen anyway outside of this little elite that tries to to mm. control it, let's say. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> But still, let's not deny the power of constructing languages or choosing uh, what is considered formal and what is not. And uh, definitely the purposes of lang- language can be sinister like we discussed in the hour before this transphobic rhetoric and that's I think a very good example of language used as a weapon. Mm. And uh, with Yeah, uh, for example, colonial history also seen as this kind of uh, Yeah, I mean, I I use I, of language against. Yeah, absolutely. No, that's the these are uh, yeah, very good points. Yeah, no. Uh, yeah. That's kind of my outlook. I think I completely agree with what Elena said earlier about I mean just now about how languages just need to be able to evolve naturally. That's actually part of the reason that so for example, I learned ASL in the United States. ASL American Sign Language and British Sign Language completely different languages completely different like american sign language you can do the entire alphabet with one hand and british sign language you need to use both hands um 
So yeah, you they're, they're completely separate. The closest sign language to American sign language is French sign language, um, because that's where American sign language is actually derived from. The person who brought America, who brought sign language to the Americas, was French. Um, so I say all this to say, yeah, everything has to just go um, organically, naturally. That's what how language evolves. It's kind of, and because of, also because of the way culture. I think it's also linked to the way cultures evolve organically. The same way you can't really force someone to do a, I mean, you, the way same way, the same way. Because language has been tool, used historically as a tool and to to force culture on different marginalized groups, I really think you can't really just like force people to also speak a language because then you're completely erasing that culture. Right. And that's super yeah. interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes I do feel that uh, like diversity comes at a cost, in the sense. Um, I, I mean, it I just mean, makes it things more difficult. But, uh, I mean, mm. it just makes it more difficult. Mm. But I think ultimately, I, I don't think it's good to force people to do things otherwise. But that being said, it is about time to round to wrap things up. Yeah, it's now our last song that's playing in the background by Ostorp Posse. Um, yeah, uh, an original Amsterdam's tell, an original Amsterdam's tell. Yeah, it is a uh, news checker. Hope y'all enjoy. En een glad jaar en ze glijpen. Alleen een stommer krijgt er niemand brommerd naar de lommer. Want je wordt bedonderd omdat niemand zich om jou bekommert. Je auto vraagt het koepelijk, oude fietsen worden barrels. Jij wil onze relaties, maar wij lullen over schaduw. Thank you so much, RTV, for letting us use your space. Thank you, listeners, for listening to us. Follow us on Instagram and SoundCloud and on Facebook as well. Yeah, have a great week. Een bord voor deze heeft gewoon een rubberen diet. En het verschil tussen kennen kan de kunnen we niet. Het is de originele Amsterdamse taal Zonder de kachten en mijn oude wets normaal Dus doe maar lekker slap als het van mijn erectie gaat Want het kan me niet verrotten welk dialect je praat Het is de originele Amsterdamse taal Zonder de kachten en mijn oude wets normaal Dus doe maar lekker slap als het van mijn erectie gaat Hier in Amsterdam zegt iedereen je waar het op staat Ik zal ik een school Ze zeggen dat ik vloek en ik braak. Ze zeggen 